Morning, I am Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM, located on the beautiful campus of Seton Hall University. I am very pleased to have back with us this week as a follow-up to our great discussion from last week, Professor Amar. Professor, welcome back. Thank you so much. Glad and, to be back. And we're going to talk about productivity tools. How do we achieve uh, greatness within our organizations? Right. It's actually in continuation of what we spoke about last week. How can we use no authority and still get the best result from our employees? How can we make them innovative and productive? So now, this morning, we are going to talk about how can we operationalize this philosophy or these principles that say, do not use authority, let authority be handled by the employees. The most important thing in this regard is uh, hiring employees or bringing employees in the team, the team that is going to be operating without any control, without any authority. Because how you pick people is really where you started the whole thing. If you end up picking wrong people, and then nothing is going to work. And how do you go through the selection process? Okay, the first, I, I think most important thing is to make a selection process which is very involved. You do not hire and fire quickly. These are the people who should be hired with a mind to keep them for a long time. And that also means we should take a lot of effort in the selection process. It should be what uh, what I call a, a job that is seen as a privilege to have, not as a job as a kind of stepping stone uh, to something else. Uh, I gave a lecture on this uh, to uh, Knowledge uh, Forum at London uh, several years ago. They invited me as a plenary speaker to talk about how to uh, select people who really are given the responsibility in the area of knowledge and knowledge work. So I'm going to repeat some of the points from my uh, plenary address there. And then uh, m maybe I, I can even uh, invite your audience to go to this site. Please, Okay, yes. this is called the Knowledge Board. The Knowledge Board. Right. Knowledge, knowledge Board. One word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Knowledge Board. Mm -hmm. Dot uh, org. Dot but org. If you okay. s uh, search uh, Google mm -hmm. for Knowledge Board, it will put you on their site. It is the, uh, in my own uh, uh, learning, it is the largest collection of knowledge work and knowledge organizations uh, put together. And they have an annual. Uh, congregation of knowledge managers, knowledge workers, and all that, and that they call Knowledge Forum. And in that forum, uh, they claim it is collection of the largest number of people from the world who, who come to learn about knowledge and knowledge work and all that. Anyhow, and th the important thing is to make sure that the job people get they consider it not as a means of livelihood, but it becomes their life itself. And it is, uh, it's, it's part of their lifestyle. Uh, 
This means selection process should be very involved. You have to be very careful in picking people who are going to make your team. And it should be a, a process where you advertise. And the best way to advertise for hiring people in this uh, kind of job will be don't just hire ad hoc. Do not hire randomly. Uh, but you should set maybe one or two times a year when you are going to open up uh, your um, uh, employment or um, recruitment to your team. People from internally your organization or externally from anywhere else can apply and then you put them through the process, a rigorous process. The process that first checks uh, their personality. We ordinarily look at uh, employees' credentials with regard to uh, what diplomas they ho have, what experience they have, what kind of jobs they held in the past. We forget that we are hiring them for what is coming in the future. And many times there may be little or no connection between what people did in the past and what the, the job is going to entail in the future. And how do you assess someone's personality? Uh, of course, as you have indicated, you have their track record, their <laughs> previous work experience, their, right. their education. Right. Uh, but for a very specific position, how do you determine if it's a right fit for them? There are uh, two tools I like to talk about which I, uh, I recommend and I feel are a good way to um, get some insight into the people. And one of them is called Rotter's Internal external scale. That's Rotter's internal and external scale. scale yeah. Interesting. Okay. This mm -hmm. scale will assess whether a person is internalizer or externalizer. And if a person is internalizer, one believes that anything that happens to one, it is consequence of one's own doing, one's own abilities or lack of abilities or it is like their karma. This means they control uh, their outcomes. So rather than blaming others, they would say, wow, I could have done better. Or if I did this, the result would have been this. A and so in that regard, they, they, uh, they, they will take actions, they will take steps which are going to be productive and will be successful rather than people who are externalizers who are going to find a reason outside their control, outside their system. Because we believe when we are talking about people, we are talking about uh, their, own pers uh, their own system, an individual system like uh, my environment, what I do, what I have, what I can do, that is part of my system. And then people around me, uh, to what extent I believe they are also part of my system. An externalizer is going to find uh, fault somewhere else. And wh wherever the fault goes, there goes the control. And then they believe it is not in their control. I'm not saying people who are externalizers aren't uh, um, the right people, but they are right people for certain other jobs. 
internalizers are the people who are right for the kind of jobs we are talking about where we have no control we have no authority over them so that is one way i would suggest we can uh, make classifications of of people if i may in regards to the terms internalizer and externalizer it's almost saying that the internalizer is a person who takes responsibility that is true and takes ownership uh, exactly but then also don't forget people who are internalizers many times internalizing things which are on their fault which are not in their control truly aren't in their control but they would still believe it is their doing and th- that is the reason why many times these people uh, have or attain low morale they'll just they'll be up and they'll be down and when they are down their morale is so low and this is uh, one reason why uh, when we are talking about giving people full authority full responsibility for the task we got to make sure that their morale is high there is uh, a tool for that uh, we can measure morale of employees the tool is from managing knowledge workers the book i talked about last week uh, that tool objectively will assess what is the morale of a particular employee and have they regained their morale or not it's a it's essential that employees morale is high for the kind of jobs we are talking about and it speaks to if i may correct me if i mm-hmm. if you disagree but it speaks to their self esteem it, it it is true but see the, the important thing is uh, it's like uh, having an employee who with high morale who is going to go ahead uh, make decisions take on responsibilities take challenges and if their morale is low their confidence is low then they are going to be uh, ra- rather uh, defensive they are not going to be going out looking for challenges and we do not want those types of uh, employees in, in our uh, in our team so this particular rotor scale is that almost like a personality test it is it is a kind of personality uh, scale then another personality scale is myers briggs personality scale i i mean this uh, tries to again um, find out to what extent people are going to be taking um, actions or what is in their personality that will make them be innovative go out of the way explore things uh, or, or take on risk and myers briggs is a uh, proprietary scale uh, you have to go to their uh, site you have to ask them for permission and they will allow you to make as many copies you need or uh, and then use on your employees but this this is uh, one way to find out who will be the right kind of people uh, to come on team that is going to be uh, leading without any uh, authority now someone listening who is not knowledgeable in this area mm-hmm. uh would say what well, you you're just hiring all the same type of people is but that's not a bad thing it it is not a bad thing in in fact we are in terms of personalities we are looking at people who who are uh, having similar uh, kind of personalities but uh, 
there are tasks. The task we are talking about requires these kind of people. If you are looking for a, a, a person who is going to execute the task, who is going to implement the task, then we are looking for different uh, kind of people. Like uh, externalizers, for example, we we're coming back to our uh, classification internalizer, externalizer. Externalizers on the other side never lose their morale. They're always up because they find someone else to blame for. They say, no, it's not my fault. Why am I feeling down? What I, why am I feeling low? And these kind of people would make very good uh, in sales uh, because sales job is a tough job and uh, selling is going from uh, door to door or going from person to person and many are going to not even talk to you. Many will give you a rough uh, kind of answer and you still have to keep your morale to move on to the next uh, stop. So it, it depends. I think the sales profession and the acting profession have a lot in common because there's a lot of rejection. <laughs> the, the, it is true. You're right. And so it, it, it depends on what kind of job it is uh, and then you look for a person who is, who is externalizer and um, uh, th this person is going to be always up up and we need those kind of people as well. But um, coming back to our topic, we then say, okay, we bring on, uh, on board people who are the right kind of people. And then we want to make sure we build in the system uh, reward structure or reward system that is consistent with uh, what is going to motivate these people. And we s most of the rewards we know are what are what we call or what I uh, term as a posteriori rewards. A posteriori rewards means after something is done, you are going to give the person for what a person has done. It's like a paycheck because you have spent 40 hours during the week and so you are having a paycheck or because you did well on the job for a couple of years so you are being promoted to the higher level. These are known as a posteriori rewards. What is appropriate for these kind of jobs is what we call a priori rewards. A priori rewards are rewards that you give before a person starts the job. It's like it's like charging them. And charging can be done in several ways. You can uh, charge by induction. Induction means you uh, you have a very well publicized and um, big opening. The person is inaugurated. The person is brought before others. Look at this is the great person uh, who is hired for this job or he's, who is going to take on this responsibility and he is going to do this for us. He has, ta he has taken this responsibility or he has taken this challenge. That, that means you are charging the person upfront so that the person does the best to accomplish the task. So in that case, the reward does not become the paycheck which will come at the end because paycheck will come. We already talked about this last week, no, no matter what. But it is the uh, responsibility of, of the task. And then we also want to make sure that these rewards are uh, 
given as trust because I, I'm giving reward without you doing something. That means I trust you and I am building a relationship of trust. It's like giving person uh, what we call signing bonus and common practice on the Wall Street uh, to attract people who, who are good. And then at the end, if they do not come up to the expectations, we put them somewhere else. But uh, trust is a very, very essential part in leading without authority or, or building uh, trust. And trust means giving trust and taking trust. Because trust is a two-way street. You cannot uh, take trust from a person unless you give the person trust. And that is the reason why we want to have inauguration, we have induction, we have charge and kind of bonuses where people really feel charged up, they feel excited about what they are going to be doing. It's like, I, I can give you a little example. If I go to a restaurant, and if I know I'm going to be coming to this restaurant over and over, then it doesn't matter. But if I'm going, I'm traveling, I'm going to a restaurant and I go, uh, I don't go there very often, or if I go, the restaurant is big enough for me to have different um, servers at different uh, visits. Rather than paying $10 in tip at the end, I'm going to give $10 right at the beginning. As the person comes, I say, here, $10 for you, please make it uh, good. And then I'm charging the person. Rather than giving a tip at the end, which really is not going to give me the reward, I I'm going to do upfront. That is now, known I have as a question for you. Have you actually done that in practice? Yes, I have. And, and what, has, what, what have been I the have, results? I have done in many places, and it has been fantastic. I, I, I have never heard that. I'm going to try that. Do it. And even at, at several parties where uh, servers come to you while you are standing in a buffet or walking around, I'm a person comes, I do like something, or I say, okay, here, I will, I'll give the tip right mm -hmm. on, on the spot. Well, you know, I guess I do that. When I valet park my car in New York at the various different parking lots, mm -hmm. I always give the driver a dollar before and after. That is right. Uh, and because I want to make sure that they take extra care yeah. with, with my car. What I will do is I'll give $2 up front and oh. thank you at the end. Okay. Unless I'm coming back there. Okay. If I'm coming back, then I'll give $2 up front and I'll give dollar at the end because I, I want to make sure that the person parks my car properly, takes care of it. And you would see if you do that, when you arrive, the person is going to rush to bring your car. That's right. That's right. I, there's a gentleman at the uh, parking lot at the Newark Penn Station. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember his name offhand, but when he sees me, when he sees my car pull into the lot, no matter where he is, he runs and takes care of me. Right. And it's same that's, way like that's a good, that's a publishers good. Mm -hmm. give signing bonus to the author, uh, its author's advance. That, that is making them feel this is a big project. If I'm giving you uh, $100,000 down to write a book, then I feel the publisher has put trust in me. The publisher expects so many copies will sell and the publisher is making this much. So I'm going to then be charged and I'm going to put my best into the book I am writing and these are called a priori rewards. Mm -hmm. They are 
uh, very well explained in managing knowledge workers uh, and with many examples and how in different uh, areas of organization how how can we apply them in in the hiring and selection process uh, i think it's pretty obvious but I, i'm curious as to your opinion in regards to the relationship between the ceo and the human resources manager mm-hmm. what type of relationship should there be between the ceo and the human resources manager who is helping to manage this process see ceo obviously is the biggest boss in the company and whatever ceo wants people run to do but so important thing is that ceo should know what principles should be used and the hrm director or human resource director or manager is going to simply implement what the ceo wants it is the other people who should know how to deal with uh, the human resource director so ceo should uh, go by the principles the ones we have talked about and th- there are a couple of other things i want to talk about this morning with regard to enhancing productivity of yes. these workers and uh, one thing i'm going to talk about is uh, scheduling them i believe to make people productive you do not want to schedule them you want them to schedule themselves because people have different levels of their productivity at different times of day like some people are very good we what we call the uh, early risers then there are others who are really late uh, workers so depending on one's own uh, built one may be very productive so rather than bringing a person uh, to work at a time when that person is not really fully awake what what do i gain and uh, uh, from the several companies i have uh, helped and i have worked with as consultant and otherwise uh, i have uh, told them and they have tried and they have uh, come back to me and they have complimented how those people who really are the thinkers who are the innovators by giving them the way they schedule their work has really helped them a lot so th- there are uh, two uh, techniques uh, i'm going to describe them and uh, detail can be found in managing knowledge workers yes. one technique is known as schedule time don't schedule worker the schedule time don't schedule worker means that you really are having time slots filled why are you trying to put fit people into your slots let people self select them in those slots an example is let's say uh, cisco cisco has a wireless r- router or wifi uh, call in center or people are sitting 24 hours a day where customers call in and the customers are going to be asking questions about my router is not working and what can i do and how to fix it now this is something for which 24 hour operation is going on and we say schedule time do not schedule workers what i do is i qualify workers in my organization or in my team and i say uh, workers a b c are qualified to take on this task 
and then I say, okay, here is my schedule for, or here are the here is the time schedule or timetable. Say, divide the total 24-hour time into the smallest slots possible, half an hour. If half an hour is not possible, an hour slot, and then you say, ask these people. Publish, the, publish your schedule and ask these people to fill in themselves in the slots which suit them. And if it is going to be 40-hour week, tell them, pick 40 hours of the week wherever you best fit. And it is first-come, 1st first serve basis. When some slots are gone, others are available and people come and pick. So now people will feel so much up about their job. They will come as they please. They will go as they please. And they will be very productive so this is known as schedule time do not schedule workers and then the second technique used in scheduling is known as schedule task do not schedule workers here we are taking big tasks these tasks are not routine tasks like the example we just had from Cisco system let us say Microsoft has a project and this project is to develop a, an internet TV antenna that is going to be used in internet TV. And now, to develop this antenna is a big project. Now, I, I'm, I'm not really uh, asking people to work on this project. What I'm doing is I'm designing the project, dividing into as small projects as possible or as little task as possible, then I, I see what is required to have this task accomplished appropriately. I set qualifications for those who I believe can do this. Then I also say this is the start time for this task and this is the end time for this task. And then people are going to be uh, self-selecting themselves based on because people are already qualified and I know okay this requires a certification of this type to take on this task and then people are now who are certified who are qualified to that task they come in they look at when is task beginning and when is the task ending and then they start to build if the task is uh, if someone says task is big enough for me to do it on my own within the time period fine. If the task is too big for one person, then they can build their own team. So then, then I guess if, if there's some uh, discrepancies, not discrepancies, but if there are some, some, opens, some openings, then mm -hmm. the manager can determine with the team who can fill in the rest of those particular slots. If there is any opening, yes, then manager may step in and try to draft people. Our purpose here is to uh, let draft pe people not, right not dictate but draft draft because we don't want to dictate why bring in a person and fill a slot who is not going to perform because we do not want to fill a chair we want to have task accomplished so these are uh, the techniques that can be used in making people self-select and picking those people who are charged about the task rather than bringing in people who are really going to be uh, just uh, 
fillers rather than performers. Professor Amar, this has been very, very uh, invigorating for me, and I'm sorry that we're, we're almost out of time. Uh, we definitely want to have you back on a program to, to explore this topic further. Uh, what's next in regards to uh, publications for you? Are you planning to uh, write another book in regards to this particular topic? In fact, I'm, I have been overwhelmed with the offers for uh, publishing article, publishing book, uh, and conducting seminar for executives on how can they use or not use authority in their uh, in, in their management. It, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure uh, helping out, and it's been a pleasure to share knowledge and to be able to improve productivity and innovation. My most important goal is how to bring America back to the glory days of our innovation, our productivity, and us being the leader uh, of the producing economy in the whole world. That's my goal. Okay, well, i tell you what I'm going to do. You're going to challenge me because now I'm going to put together a panel to talk about innovation in America, and I'm going to get you. I'm going to get Judy Estrin, who was on our show uh, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we're going to find a couple of other panels, and we're going to have a dynamic uh, forum here at Seton Hall. Definitely. But, Professor Amar, I want to thank you for your time today, uh, and we look forward to hearing from you again. This is Darrell Gunter your host of Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM. Have a great day, and remember, leadership begins with you.